As we gather this morning, this is uh, cranky Zach season. Uh, I don't enjoy this time of year. Not that I don't enjoy the Easter season, but it's also allergy season. So I don't know how your energy level is right now, but um, I am on Claritin and a lot of Mucinex. And I think just sometimes it's, it's important just to look at things from a very human perspective. So when we are weak, when we are tired, if you feel like your head's a balloon or it's like filled with sand, if you tip too much, you're just going to fall over. Sometimes it's just important to say, what is humanly happening in our world right now? Well, right now, in the, in, in, at least in the Midwest, in Wisconsin, uh, everything is budding. And some people are like, oh, that's so pretty. And I'm kind of like, I wish they didn't. I don't want that to happen because it just, I just have this gross thing happening. I don't know if you've ever had this happen before. But when you get allergies, you get this gross thing that happens. It's called post-nasal drip. And it makes you do this all the time. So just one, one word of advice I want to give us, uh, this has nothing to do with my homily, by the way, but one word of advice I want to give all, of, of us all is during this time of year, it's really important that we are pioneers of peace in the gospel. Last week in the gospel today, we hear the words, peace be with you, right? But peace does not come with judgment. Oh, that person's wearing a mask, that person's not. That person's clearing their throat because they have post-nasal drip. I'm going to judge them because how dare they come to church, but just... There's allergies right now, okay? So during allergy season, your energy's low, you get headaches, you feel like your eyeballs want to pop out of your head, you feel like someone took a cat and rubbed it all over your eyeballs, and it's just itchy and crazy. Um, so it's just allergy season right now, so I just want to encourage us to make sure that we are pioneers of peace and we are not judging others too quickly because you're going to hear a lot of this in the next couple weeks. <clears throat> so that is that. It has nothing to do with anything, but just a few words of advice. Um, because it's just, it's just so easy to forget that Jesus rose from the dead and to live like he's still dead. We need to live in the knowledge that he is alive. Last night, I was blessed to have Father Adam Bradley here. He is the associate vocation director, and he is also in charge of this new program the diocese is offering, which is called a Kairos year. So some of our students had the chance to meet them at the Newman Center last night. And what the Kairos year is, Kairos means time, and it's a, it's a time of the Lord. And they take men who are interested in being priests, but they do a lot of things. They do a media fast, and they, they really get to know the diocese. They serve the poor, but to really say, do I even want to go to seminary? So they take a year in the Lord, and he and Father Mark form these men, and they've all been accepted, to my knowledge, at this point. So we'll have God, God willing, going into the fall, we'll have five new seminarians. Keep them in your prayers. Um, but as they were here last night, I was just kind of showing them this new room that I discovered here at St. Peter's that I didn't know existed. So last week we had Divine Mercy Sunday, and we know that Jesus came through a, a room where the doors were locked, not once, but twice, right? And there was Thomas doubting. And as I'm walking around, I'm showing these guys kind of this new room I found, which is called the, the fire room, fireplace room or, or something like that. I don't even know what it's called. But I kind of walked in there last week, and I was like, I didn't even know this, this room existed. So that's where the guys and I hung out last night. Um, but as we were kind of walking around, I'm showing them the church and showing them this building. Just kind of noticed that um, if I didn't have my keys with me, we would have been either locked out or locked in. So the, the, the keys in this particular church, they're meant to keep like the staff safe, like on that side or where I live with Father Jerry and where we live, so that no one can like walk over there. But like I can walk in here with like no problem. But if I don't have my keys on me, I can't get back to where I live. And there's all these different doors that are kind of throughout the basement. It's like a maze down there. And you have to have keys to get in. And sometimes the keys are on the inside for some, but for those who 
don't live here, it would look normal. So for me, in order to get into certain parts of this building, I have to open the key from the inside out. And I think there's a lot to that. I think a lot of us really need to look at our lives. So Jesus is calling us to be very real with him in our gospel today. And he's saying, you know, are there any areas where you're still like doubting Thomas, like last week, where he was not there and he said, you know, I'll touch his hands and, you know, put my hand into his side and see the nail marks. I will not believe, but I'll be unbelieving. So the Lord knows that you are going to doubt from time to time. He knows that you're going to struggle from time to time, and he will do anything he can to get you out of that locked room and bring you into a new locked room, which I'll preach about in a second. In our gospel, we come through the road to Emmaus. The, the disciples just celebrated one of, the, one of the best Bible studies. He opens a word for them, which is Jesus showing you that he doesn't want you to be lost. Anytime you feel lost, please, for the love of God, open the word of God and let Jesus in. And then, after that awesome Bible study, he celebrates Mass, and he's made known to them in the breaking of the bread. He's made known to them in the Mass. So the two disciples are chitter-chattering about, like, what in the world just happened? And they're talking about how they just celebrated Mass, and we got to know Jesus. We actually encountered him. He's not dead. He's alive. And while they're talking about this, he stood in their midst, just like he did last weekend, and he says those words that you and I need to hear, peace be with you. And they were startled. And actually, the word says they were terrified. And they thought they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus says to them, as he says to you and I right now, why are you troubled? Or what troubles you right now? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Which means Jesus is telling us he wants to hear what's going on in your life. He's not afraid of coming into those locked parts of our lives and having a conversation, speaking to him heart to heart, and be real. If you struggle with lust, if you struggle with drugs, if you struggle with alcohol, if you struggle with doubt, if you struggle with shame, he's like, tell me about that. I want to know. If you struggle with judgment, tell me. Right now, I'm thinking, he's like, how, how are your allergies, right? Talk to me about that. He wants to talk to you about very human things. And he's calling us to invite him into that. And he just says, again, like he did last week, look at my hands, look at my feet. The, know what true peace cost. It was through sacrifice. It was through him being brutally whipped and scourged just for you. So his peace could be just for you. Then you can help others know the same. But again, if you have not encountered his peace... And it's like the door is still locked on the wrong side. And Jesus, he wants to do very simple human things with you, like eating food. He's like, touch me. Because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. And then he shows them, and some of them are kind of like, I don't know if I still believe. And they're telling him the desires of his heart, of their hearts, and he's okay with that. You can be real. You can be like, I don't know if I believe. And the Lord's like, good. I'll go one step further. Do you have anything to eat? He asked the disciples this. Do you have anything to eat? And they know that like, Jesus multiplied fish and loaves, so it's like either they're going to give him some bread, but he already made himself known to them in the breaking of the bread, so they're like, I bet you he'll eat some fish. Let's see if this ghost can eat fish. So Jesus takes a piece of fish, 
and he eats it right in front of them. And I always wonder if he's just like, takes a little fish and he's like looking at them dead in the eye and just kind of sitting there, and just eating, he's eating and he's just, they're seeing the fish in his teeth, they're seeing the, his, the saliva, they're seeing everything happen. And then, and then as he's done, he's just like, like, like licking off his, his fingers and he's like, I am so real, I, I, I even eat food. And again, you know me, I'm not afraid to talk about poop. I'm pretty sure he's like, I'll go to the bathroom in front of you. I don't care. I will do anything I can to prove my love to you. And I want to I be a part of every aspect of your life. And I don't want you to have any areas that are locked off. Not even in the bathroom. Because most of us, we do gross things in the bathroom, like go to the bathroom and run our cell phone. It's nasty. It has nothing to do with anything. But Jesus comes to us in these very normal things, and he wants you to be totally convinced that he will provide for you. And maybe there's just a simple invitation to make sure that you are very intentional about, for our students here, finishing the semester strong, especially when it comes to Bible study, especially when it comes to discipleship groups, to make sure that he wants to open your mind so you understand. Sometimes we think, I'm so confused. And the Lord's like, well, the opposite of that would be understanding. It's also one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so why don't we ask for it? And he wants to come to you and make sure that you understand what he is doing and what he desires to do, who he is to you, and he wants to meet you in those very normal, ordinary places in life. Because we know that Jesus... In Acts 17, 11, he's, we hear this about him and the disciples. It said they spend time with Jesus, and it says each day they studied the scriptures to see whether these things were so, to see if it's real. So that the apostles, the early disciples in the church, they spend time with God's word, and they rub shoulders, and they were able to be convinced that Jesus is who he says he is. So they could find those who were locked in the wrong places and unlock them. And I think for a lot of us, Jesus is inviting us to encounter him again and again through the message of divine mercy. This is St. Faustina's diary. Obviously, you can see how thick it is. It's not the, the thinnest book in the world. But, you know, when we're, when we're being bombarded by doubt and shame and guilt and by different temptations of the flesh, that's called spiritual warfare. And I just encounter people time after time again, and they tell me, well, the priest never talks about it. Well, I'm not afraid to talk about it, nor is St. Faustina. This is what Jesus says to St. Faustina about spiritual warfare. He says, my daughter, I want to teach you about spiritual warfare. He says this, never trust in yourself, but abandon yourself today to my will. In desolation, darkness, and various doubts, have recourse to me. He says, also to your spiritual director, making sure you have a mentor, someone who's above you. You're not trying to do it on your own. And he says, he will always answer you in my name and do not bargain with any temptation. That's where a lot of us are. We play these games. Well, it won't hurt me this time. This will be my last time doing this. And we start bargaining with temptations, but... Jesus says, instead, lock yourself in my heart. He says, lock yourself immediately in my heart at the first opportunity. 
reveal the temptation, reveal what's going on in your life. And he says, put your self-love in the last place. Later on, he says in this paragraph, and he says, observe this rule faithfully. So where you and I are called to lock ourselves literally is in the heart of Jesus. You and I are called to literally lock ourselves, not in these rooms of fear and shame and doubt. We are called to lock ourselves in the heart of Jesus. And then he goes on further to tell St. Faustina, says, and if someone causes you trouble, think what good you can do for the person who caused you to suffer. Like, that's the opposite of the world. But if you're living locked in the heart of Jesus, you know what your sins cost him. You know what he did for you on the cross. You know how he forgives you in the sacrament of confession, how he constantly feeds you with his body and blood. He constantly provides and prompts you. And he says, do not pour out your feelings, which is like what our world does, right? He says, be silent when rebuked. You ever someone like yell at you or tell you something and immediately you get defensive? Through the, the, through the message of divine mercy, he says, be silent. And he says, do not ask for everyone's opinion. Well, we're really good at that, so we need to work on that. And he says, but only the opinion of your confessor, meaning you're going to confession and you're not afraid to ask questions about this place because, again, in confession, you are locked in the heart of Jesus. You are, you are protected by the seal of confession. But he says, be as frank and simple as a child with him. And run away and hide yourself in my heart. Do not fear struggle. Oh, that's a big one, right? <laughs> Life's getting hard. I got to go run away. He says, no. It, it often intimidates temptations and they dare not attack us. I think this last part of the paragraph is what I want to focus in on today. And I want you just to listen to me as if I was the only person talking to you right now. He says this. Always fight with deep conviction that I am always with you. Do not be guided by feelings because it is not always under your control, but all merit lies in the will. Always depend on your superiors, even in the smallest things. Jesus says, I will not delude you with prospects of peace and consolations. On the contrary, Prepare yourself for great battles. Know that you are now on a great stage where all heaven and earth are watching you. Fight like a knight so that I can reward you. Do not be unduly fearful, for you are not alone. Jesus, through St. Faustina, is encouraging us to lock ourselves in his heart, to know that you are never alone, and to be guarded on your feelings and focusing on the will. Because the devil loves messing with your feelings and my feelings. But if you are locked in the heart of Jesus and you give him the keys, you are in the safest place possible. And that's what Jesus wants. He wants to keep you safe. That's where the word saved comes from. But in Catholic Church, we know that you are being saved, you hope to be saved, and you are saved because a cross is an eternal act of love.
And Jesus gives you his heart. Every single Mass in the Holy Eucharist. I would encourage you and invite you this day to form a new habit. That when you receive him in the Holy Eucharist, make a simple prayer to say, Jesus, I lock myself in your heart. And then throughout the day, open the word of God when you feel confused and you need that gift of understanding, when you feel doubt, when you need faith. Open his word and listen to him talk to you so he can remind you that I'm always with you. Scripture says that he delights in you. To know that he says you are beautiful, you are loved. And all he needs is your permission. He needs that permission. That permission is the key that locks yourself in the heart of Jesus. But again, love always wills the good of the other, never forces itself upon the other. So you have a choice every second of every day to remain locked in the heart of Jesus. And this is our God who wants you to understand so we can open the scriptures to know it's really him. So when you're eating food, when you're in the bathroom, when you're at work, when you're in your studies, when you're at class, when you're with your family, you know it's him. And then when somebody does something bad to you, you don't return with a rebuke, you return with a kind act. Because that's what Jesus does when you're living in his heart. And if you fall out, if you say, oh, there's a temptation, I'm going to leave his heart, then I just encourage you, just gently go back to confession. Never be afraid of confessing your sins to Jesus in the sacrament of confession where he pours his love upon you. And as the message of divine mercy says, nothing you confess will make me love you less. Nothing you confess will make me love you less. Nothing you confess will make me love you less. And if you know that and you live that, the, the, the thing that you receive is peace. And I don't know about you, but I, I want more peace. But that means we have to fight the fight of faith. And if you're up for battle, if you're going to be a knight like Jesus asked St. Faustina to do, you have to make sure you're locked in the armor of his heart. And if you think that you're not worthy of that, because sometimes we listen to lies, I really encourage you to open the word of God more often and let the truth speak to you. Because we know what does truth say. We know that about scripture, truth will set you free. And who is the truth? The truth is not an idea. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he has risen from the dead for you. And he will do whatever he can to convince your heart that everything he said, everything he did was just for you so that you can spread that same message to others. We take a moment of silence to place it all on the altar, all our shame, all our guilt, all our fear, all, our, all of our sins, and we ask to be redeemed, renewed in Christ Jesus. And as he gives his heart to you in the Eucharist, just encourage you and receive him today to say that simple prayer, Jesus, I lock myself in your heart. Amen.